Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by registered dietitian Kayla Slater. Kayla works primarily with plant-based runners. And I wanted to get her on today not to convince you to become a plant-based runner or athlete, but more to discuss the important things that revolve around being plant-based. The possible nutritional deficits that can happen, the underfueling that can happen, and discuss the myth that we can't get enough protein when we are plant-based. Whether you are plant-based or not, whether you want to go plant-based or not, and whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Kayla, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Good. I am super excited to talk to you. Um, not necessarily, well, a little bit because you're plant-based, but <laughs> um, not necessarily because I want to appeal to everyone and like make them plant-based by any means, but I think there's a lot of people who don't really know how to do it properly when they want to, as well as just people not understanding that if they want to go plant-based, but yet they want to build muscle and be an athlete that it's still possible. So that's why I'm really excited to talk to you because you've been doing it personally for a while um, and you coach and that's strictly what you do. So let's dive in. Who are you and how did you get into being a plant-based dietitian? Yeah, sure. Um, So yes, I've been a dietitian for the last five years um, and I've been running since high school. So probably at least 10 years or so. Um, and really I would say, you know, my journey really started in high school as a runner, you know, getting just knowing, you know, knowing, like learning that connection between, oh, like I have to fuel my body the right way in order to be a good runner. So I remember learning that like really early about like how I needed to fuel my body. Um, and really I think the plant-based, you know, eating kind of didn't really evolve probably until I would say college because then at that point I was studying nutrition I was learning more about nutrition as I was still running and I was like wow (laughs) like I just learned so much that I was like I you know really felt like you know I want to eat more plant-based and I at first it really was just more of I want to eat more fruits and veggies because these seem like they're the most nutrient-dense it's what our body needs um so really at first it really was just that like how can i put more vegetables on my plate because like most a lot of us we have all ate foods like we you know we're taught how to eat meals right they're very more of like the american diet like our protein right is our like main food group and then maybe a side of vegetable or usually maybe a starchy vegetable like potatoes or corn right so we didn't really like learn about how to like have like half your plate fruits and vegetables, which is the way it actually should be. Um, So anyway, so yeah, through college, I just kind of decided I wanted to try vegetarian, kind of shifted more towards, you know, closer to vegan eventually kind of after college. Um, And then, yeah, I worked as a dietitian. I worked in mostly community nutrition, um, but I always wanted to work with athletes because I was, you know, kind of, kind of an athlete myself, I guess. Um, I did run in college cross country for one year, but then when I had transferred schools to study nutrition, I wasn't on the team, but I kind of kept running, kind of kept that up. Um, So I guess that was always just kind of an interest. And 
you know, then with, you know, being also plant-based came all these challenges for myself, you know, knowing how to fuel my body for my marathons. Cause at that point I was running marathons. Um, and I realized, man, with my nutrition knowledge, I could help people that want to be plant-based to properly do this correctly. Um, because even I was struggling with it, even with the nutrition knowledge that I had, that I thought, man, people that don't have the nutrition knowledge, they must be even struggling even more. Um, so that's kind of how I decided that, you know, I think that's what I, who I want to work with, like, um, and help. So that's kind of how it, I guess it started. So the last two years, almost two years now, that's what I've been, I've been doing. Very cool. I want to back up to high school because it's not many, not many people understand or figure out that relationship between fueling and performance in high school. Um, yeah. And not that I was under eating, but I can definitely tell you that I did not connect the dots when I was a high school cross country runner <laughs> on like what I eat helps or de- like harms my performance. So how did yeah. you make that connection so early on? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't even really know. Um, I just feel like I just kind of figured it out as in, you know, my coaches didn't really talk too much about nutrition, but they kind of mentioned or hinted around things. And I guess I just realized too, like I was, I was too like afraid to gain weight. So that was kind of part of it as well. I mean, it did kind of develop into more disordered eating habits, which wasn't good. Um, eventually I was lucky that I got out of it before I was, you know, full blown eating disorder, but it certainly was more, I think too, of like, you know, I didn't really, I don't even know if I really knew how to properly do it right, but I guess I kind of just knew that food was important. And then, you know, going through that process of, you know, not eating and even not eating enough, I was like not performing well at all. So (laughs) obviously, you know, not running well. So it kind of knew like, oh man, like I, this is definitely important and I got to figure this out because I was like afraid to eat too much, but then like I wasn't eating enough either. Yeah, it's really cool to see because I, I've talked to so many people or, you know, I ran with them even in high school who did have that disordered eating and their performance was suffer or did suffer, but because of their mental state of like wanting to be thinner, they don't really understand that if they ate more, they could run better. So um, that's really cool that you really were able to see that difference there. Yeah. So kind of getting into what I really want to cover today are some of those myths around being plant-based as an athlete. Um, so I think kind of the biggest one that you probably hear and the biggest one that I, I feel that I hear too when I'm talking with people is how do we get enough protein when we aren't eating animal products? Yeah, so it's actually easier than you think. Um, I actually was just putting together a meal pattern plan for one of my clients and I was actually struggling to even add beans and soy products because I was like, man, like she's already getting all, cause I had to, to meet those calorie needs. I needed to up the uh, vegetables, right? Cause I wanted her to mostly be eating vegetables and that's mostly what she eats as well. And, it actually was giving her a lot of protein. Um, and then added with the supplements, you know, as well, which are still important. Um, you know, especially if you want to focus on performance, I think those are still, you know, should be included. Um, you know, it, 
you know, obviously if you're not like, you know, running a little bit, maybe you don't necessarily need them, but um, yeah, so it's actually, it's really not as hard as you think because um, vegetables do have some protein in them. Also grains have protein. Um, so like, especially like your quinoa is a big one. I always try to have my clients eat more quinoa um, or even add it. Like rice has a little protein in it, not as much as quinoa, but even like, you know, my trick is like mix it together and then you have that added, you know, that little bit of added protein. Um, seeds have protein. Um, so I'm always like recommending like put sprinkle some hemp seeds, you know, on a bagel. I actually did that this morning um, just to give myself a little bit of uh, actual protein. Um, so there's actually all these other sources of foods that actually even aren't necessarily, you know, would consider plant or uh, protein sources, but they actually do have good source of protein. Quinoa pretty much on a daily basis and uh, mm -hmm. actually make it Yay. with, um, I put nutritional yeast in it when I'm cooking it too. Oh, great. To yes. give a little boost. So I, I like you nutritional yeast. It kind of gives it a, things a different flavor in general. Yeah. So I play with it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I sprinkle nutritional yeast on everything just to get my B12. I'm like, okay, I need this. <laughs> right? And it's like, I think it's like a cheesy flavor. So I think it's like good, you know, instead of like sprinkling that cheese on my food, I just sprinkle my nutritional yeast. I do that too. I've made, um, I've played around quite a bit. My, um, I don't really do dairy. And so I've like played around with like, how can I create like cheese sauces with nutritional yeast and coconut milk yeah. and, and, uh, for me, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I came across a recipe actually that added, I used to just use like, you know, plant-based milk and then nutritional yeast, but I actually found this recipe that added carrots and potatoes and nutritional yeast. It was really good because it gave it more of that creaminess, like a real cheese. I have a recipe like that. It's a, yeah, it's a vegan mac and cheese recipe. Yeah, yeah. yes. I think that's where I got it from. Sweet potatoes, red potatoes. And cashews, I think. Oh, nice. Yes. Cashews are always really good too as like a sauce, cheesy sauce. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about vegetables, like most people know like beans have decent protein in them. We've talked about quinoa yeah. nuts. Usually people know that it has a little decent amount of protein. When we're talking mm -hmm. about vegetables though. What are some of the I don't know if bigger bang for your buck is the word I really want to term I really want to use, but what are some of the higher protein sources when it comes to vegetables? Yeah. Um, let's see. Really a lot of like almost all of your vegetables are gonna have some protein in them. Um I wanna say broccoli is a good one that has some protein in it. They all really vary. I can't even think of really one that like stands out to me, but they all have some protein in them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I kind of have seen as well when I've been looking into things. So very cool. When it comes to eating plant-based, obviously we're eating more food because there's fewer calories and vegetables than in whatever other foods you would typically eat. <laughs> yes. How, like, what are some strategies you use with people so they aren't feeling like they're eating just like so much food at a meal? Yeah. Um, I always encourage people to eat like two to three, every two to three or three to four hours and think of like snacking as like mini meals in between meals, you know, maybe your bigger meals. Um, and that can help to just get that calorie count in that energy intake in. 
um, you know, eating throughout the day. And smoothies are great as well. I know a lot of people that do do smoothies. Some people that are more like more, I would say, whole food plant based, they might not do smoothies. Um, but it's certainly, I think, as an athlete, it's a benefit for you to you know use smoothies because you can get more um, calories in quicker and easier and not as hard. <laughs> I guess to get them in. You can like turn an entire salad into a like bottle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a little bit easier to drink your calories than eat them. And when you think too of like the process does process of digestion, you actually use energy, right? You use some calories just in that process of digestion. So when you like drink your calories, you're actually, you know, using less energy to <laughs> Um, get that food in, which is good, especially when you're trying to get more calories in. I never thought about that. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick break to talk about True Nutrition. True Nutrition is a supplement company. And yes, they do have the prepackaged bulk type performance supplements that a lot of companies have. But what I absolutely love about them are their customized options. You can get protein powder with a wide variety of types of protein in it and choose what flavoring you want on it. And along with that, throw in some different boosts to maybe help decrease your inflammation or improve your endurance, improve your recovery, really make it for what you and your body needs. And not only performance, they also have healthy food options as well. You can customize smoothies and oatmeal to really be what you want. So it's a very quick and easy breakfast option or even on the go option. So check out everything that they have at truenutrition.com. And if you use code GYF, you can save 5% on your order. And you can also check out all of my partnerships at getyourfixpt.com partners. And now back to our conversation with like, it can be very easy for like, you can be vegan and be very unhealthy vegan. So, or I should say plant-based, you can be very health, unhealthy plant-based because of your food choices. So what are some, like for someone who might be just starting out, doesn't really want to work with someone yet. Like what are some tips for how to be, healthy with us and not just using all these different like food products, um, replacement stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is very, very, very common, especially when you're first trying to eat more plant-based. Um, and then, you know, either you're, you know, vegetarian or vegan, cause there's just so many products now right out there, which is awesome, but not always the best for us as well, because right of all those preservatives. Um, so I would say, you know, just focusing, you know, if you can focusing on eating more seasonal, uh, fruits and vegetables, um, so anything that's in season is going to, it's not even going to just like be more affordable, but also they taste better. Um, so I've been trying, even myself, been trying to just eat more seasonal, seasonal and try to get more of those recipes, you know, use more of those vegetables and fruits 
and then, you know, think about different recipes that I can make, which also makes it more fun of, you know, trying, like you said earlier, you know, trying new recipes and things like that can be fun. Um, so I think just focusing more on like, what kind of meals can you make out of seasonal, you know, whole fruits and vegetables. Awesome. And now to remember the question I had before, um, what are, <laughs> if someone is not so under fueled, but maybe they're not getting enough variety. So they're not getting enough different nutrients in that they need specifically like their amino acids. Um, mm. what are some signs that are symptoms that they might have that they would know, like, I'm still missing something with, with what I'm doing? Ooh, yeah. Um, Hmm. So yeah, I guess it really depends on the nutrient kind of deficiency, but probably the most common I would say is iron. And with iron, you will feel tired. You'll feel more fatigued. Um, you may not even be able to like get through your runs. Um, so certainly that could be, I would say one, um, let's see, you know, there's another thing I was thinking of. Um, but really, yeah, like signs of just like, even just, I don't know, any other nutrient deficiencies. Um, mostly, yeah, mostly I would say fatigue, um, you know, bonking, you know, just kind of not being able to get through a run, um, that sort of thing. Do you have a lot of your runners supplement with iron or what food sources do you have them consume, especially your females to make sure they yeah. get enough iron in? Yeah. So I always say, you know, beans are a good source, but also your leafy grains. Um, and then also pair those with eating vitamin C. So maybe like fruit or fruit juice or something, cause that's going to help the absorption of that iron. Um, so I always make sure that they're doing that. Um, just making sure that they're absorbing, absorbing all of the iron that they possibly can from those plant sources. Um, cause that's something too, that is important just because it's not that these plant foods don't have as much iron as your other foods. It's more of just your body doesn't absorb all of it. Um, so it's actually that bioavailability of, you know, iron, um, is actually very high in these plant foods, like especially like leafy grains, but the thing is our body doesn't absorb it all. So if we can help, you know, help kind of push that absorption or absorb more then we want to do that. Um, and then making sure too, that they're not, you know, not tea, big tea drinkers. Um, cause I do know, um, a lot of times too, we can be big, like green tea drinkers. Cause I was one of those. Um, and that actually has tannins in them, um, which prevents absorption of iron. So that actually is something that personally that helped me with once I stopped, um, drinking as much green tea because I was drinking green tea, like every morning, every day. Um, I actually saw my, my iron increase since being plant-based. So that actually really does help <laughs> as well. That's really interesting. It's so fascinating, the different food interactions and what can help and inhibit mm -hmm. absorption of different things. It is. Yeah. Curious. If a female is, if it's the time that they're menstruating, do you increase their iron intake during that period of time, knowing that they're going to be losing some or do you keep it pretty much just steady? Yeah, I never really dived into that, but that is a really good point. And that might be something 
to um to start doing because i've actually was just on the phone with somebody and she was saying that that she tried to give blood and it was that time of month and her iron was low but then when she went back a few days later her iron was fine so <laughs> that is a really good point that i've actually never really dove into specifically with anybody but yeah i thought about it either until you were talking about the iron and i've mm -hmm. um when I was in high school, our coach had us on irons, us females on iron supplements all the time because he had dealt with a number of anemic female runners over the years. Yeah. And uh, so it's just something that I, like I've always known about, but I've never like, like thought about like, do you boost it during that time? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. Especially if like, I guess if you don't change your training, you know, if you're still uh, still training at that high quality level. It's a really good point. Yeah. Anything, um, actually want to go back. You just said you do use some supplements with your athletes. What sort of supplements do you recommend? Yeah. The two that I always recommend are vitamin D and B12. And that is because actually vitamin D is probably the most common deficiency anywhere in the world. Um, especially I would say actually in the, probably the Northern hemisphere, just because we are exposed to sunlight, sunlight less. Um, but when we're, especially when you're limiting all animal products, there's really not any vitamin D in foods. Um, they do have four, they are fortified in some foods, which is really cool. Um, mushrooms also have vitamin D, but then I've noticed my oat milk that I've been buying. I specifically buy oat milk fortified with vitamin D. Um, so that's great. Um, so that's a fun tip as well. Um, but I still take vitamin B. I still take vitamin D. Um, and then my other one, I would say vit uh, B12. Um, now B12 is also one of those that really has been known as, again, that you can only get it from animal products. But like we were talking about, um, nutritional yeast is a really good source. Um, and then there's also products that are also fortified with B12 as well. Um, so another reason why I like my oat milk as well, because it's fortified with B12, which is great. Um, but I still take a supplement too, so it doesn't hurt to still take that supplement um, because it is challenging. So those, I'd say, are the two main ones there are you know other ones that maybe you could um you might want to take but it really just depends on your diet and if you're getting those sources if they're available if you're you know eating those foods every day that can be kind of challenging too awesome very cool good information there yeah. if someone's been maybe considering going plant-based but a little hesitant on like giving up meat completely or whether it's because of like worried about going to like gatherings and, you know, family, friends, that sort of thing. Like what are some ideas you can give them just to kind of like start off with to maybe start the transition to see if it is for them something that they can do for their lifestyle? Yeah. Um, I would say even maybe just have like one meatless meal a week, you know, maybe do like a meatless Monday and, just start trying to have like one meatless meal and see how that goes, you know? Um, another thing too is, you know, kind of talk about those meatless products. Um, and they are really, I think they do are good for that transition because if you're like worried about like, oh, I can't have meatballs anymore. <laughs> like, well, you know, it's okay if you want to try, you know, those foods just to kind of transition yourself and see if you could do it. Awesome. One last question that came to mind, because I'm always curious, I've heard different sides of it. Soy, 
is there, does it mess with both women's hormones and men's hormones? Is it something we need to be concerned about or is it something that's okay to consume on a regular basis? Yeah. Yeah. So soy is definitely one of those controversial topics um, because the science, right, is just kind of up and down. Um, there's no really clear answer um, to soy, but what I always recommend is just, you know, in, a, a balance in moderation, right? So just being aware of it. Um, so like for myself, um, you know, I make sure that I'm using like almond milk or, um, you know, oat milk because I also do tofu and I know that has soy. Um, I've also changed my, um, yogurt brands now to, you know, a coconut or almond, um, instead of the soy. So just cause I know that I do a lot of, um, some of the soy products. So tofu, um, what's the other one we do a lot. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Like those soy products. Um, so I think like, you know, just being aware of it and just, you know, not do, overdoing it. Um, but certainly I've had people that are, you know, are very more on the cautious side and do avoid soy. Um, and that's totally okay too. If you, you know, feel better and just that makes you feel better to avoid it. That's okay too. Um, cause as I said, like protein is, you know, it really isn't an issue if you just make sure you're including, you know, those other food foods that are high in protein, you know, plant-based sources, they are there and you can do it. Um, so yeah, hope that awesome. answered that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Tom, just close things out. If someone has more questions on how to be plant-based or is looking for some help with it, how can they find you? Yeah. Um, so I am on Facebook and Instagram. Um, let's see. And my name, I think on Facebook, it's just Kayla Slater. And then on uh, Instagram, I'm the plant-based performance RD. Um, and then where else? Oh, I am on TikTok. <laughs> I'm in TikTok now. <laughs> um, I think I'm also the plant-based performance nutritionist or something like that. On TikTok. That's awesome. <laughs> you have a Facebook group as well. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Yep. It's you know called that. the plant-based online support group. Awesome. Or runner, plant-based runner online support group. Cool. And we will put links to all those on our web or on the show notes for this, um, uh, episode. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate um, your time and the information you gave. Yes, you're welcome. Glad to be here. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training, or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30-minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to 
bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional. <laughs>